0: Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unheaded Podcast, episode number seven. Uh, Today we'll get into, do some combat sports talk, NFL of course, do a little headlines from around the globe, talk about the debate, Herschel Walker, Amazon's COVID numbers, stuff like that, and we'll obviously get an NBA, and I'm going to do, my last segment's going to be a segment, somebody's been asking, a couple people have been asking me to do for a while is my favorites, so we're going to do top five favorite soccer football clubs, and then we're going to do top ten favorite current football players, top five favorite NFL teams, Top 10 favorite NFL players, top 5 favorite NBA teams, top 5 favorite uh, NBA players, and then top 10 favorite combat sports athletes. Not going to do colleges today. I mean, my favorite college basketball team is KU, favorite college football team, KU. I root for Texas A&M as well in football. Um, and basketball. Wouldn't say I really have a a number 2. I do love Coach K and Duke. I don't love Duke, but I love Coach K, so I do it for them time to time, but mainly just KU basketball. But for football, it's KU football and Texas and football are my top two. But we'll get into combat sports. We'll start out with uh, – here later this October, Alexander Usk is going to get his first real test at heavyweight. He's obviously the former unified cruiserweight champion of the world. He's moved up to heavyweight. He thinks he can hang with the likes of Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury – I do like Oosk, Oos, and this will be a tough matchup. Chazor is no joke. He's not what he used to be, of course. He's older, but it's still a tough fight. I think Oosk will beat him, but I think it's going to be... But Chazor is going to give him room for his money. If Oosk can run through Chizor, though, I would love to see him fight, you know, let's say the uh, Wilder, which I think will happen. Wilder will lose to Fury in the third round. I would love to see Wilder versus Oosk, or uh, Oosk versus uh, Anthony Joshua. Um, if he can run through Jajora quickly, there's still a lot of good matchups I'd like to see. I mean, you could throw him in there with uh, the winner of Pavedkin, Dillian White, um, you know, Andy Ruiz, who has a fight coming up in November now. I think Kimmer, who who's booked against me, does have a fight. There's some good talent that's still a heavyweight that I could see him fight a couple more fights maybe before the title, but I think if he were to win, a perfect matchup would be Pavedkin, Dillian White winner. Most likely if Povek were to win, because I think if Dillian White win, you could possibly do a trilogy, but in my opinion, they wouldn't probably do a trilogy because. Dillian White, I think, was up on all score on all scorecards, like a shutout until he got knocked out. So if either one, whoever won, Pivetkin, Dillian White, you could do. If Usyk were to win, you could do Usyk versus Dillian White, Pavetkin, and Reese. If he's able to run through Chisora, I could see him hanging with Wilder, though. Uh, Canelo now refiles lawsuit against Golden Boy and DAZN. I don't really haven't really read too much into the lawsuit, so I got I'm gonna read into it so the next podcast I can talk about it more in depth. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Really, just want Canelo to fight, but you know, I'll read more into the lawsuit. Now I'll, I'll get more in depth about it on the next one. Uh, Bellator signs two big-time free agents, uh, 25-year-old Jared Scoggins, who's the CFFC C- F- F- C- Bantamweight champion, they signed 28-year-old Sean Teed, who's the CFFC F- F- C heavyweight champ. Both those guys are really good fighters, you know, pretty young, 28 and 25. 28 for heavyweight's like 24. And i also see 25-year-old Scoggins, who I think really has a chance of being a champion. And I think, I think Teed, with a couple wins in the Bellator heavyweight division, has a chance to fight for the title as well. Uh, Fury Wilder is now... Fury Wilder 3. Now rescheduled for December 19th. Um, Everyone knows how I feel about this fight. I think it makes zero sense. Um, Obviously this wouldn't happen. If the judges. Would have just got it right. In the first fight. The draw was abysmal. I've rewatched Fury Wilder 1. Probably 20-25 times. And I try to figure out. Okay, how can I give him a draw? He obviously had the two knockdowns. So, I mean, again, it was tough for me. I gave him three rounds at most. So, I mean, (laughs) it was tough for me to say that he won won that fight. Um, I really don't think he did. Uh, I just don't understand it still to this day. And obviously the second fight was a mauling. He came out and just crushed Wilder. He made Wilder look like an amateur in there. And that's what Fury does. Fury's toughest test is def- definitely Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua is a better pure boxer than Fury. I mean, better pure boxer than Wilder. Nobody's a better pure boxer than Fury, maybe ever, but that's up for debate. I think Fury still smokes Joshua, but I think it's a tougher fight than Wilder. I think the third fight goes around the same as the second. I think he's just going to continue to put pressure on him, to where while there's punches when he's moving away aren't as hard and you know they don't they don't connect as clean. Going to use the clinch to wear him down, which is what I think wore him down, not his goddamn whatever armor suit he wore into the octagon or into the ring. But I think uh, I think Fury beats him. I mean, within eight rounds, eight nine rounds in the next fight, um, you could have you could have stopped that fight in the fourth or fifth round, in my opinion. Um, especially in the fifth round after the body knockdown, I thought you could have stopped it there. I thought he was done. He looked done. He just didn't look like he was mentally there anymore. I think Fury just mentally beat him down and physically beat him down. Um, we'll talk about Conor uh, after I do like what's next, and then my predictions for the fights this weekend. Uh, Jermel and Jamal Charlo. The Charlo brothers both fought this weekend. Uh, I would love to see Jermel fight Jarrett Hurd next. I think that's a fight that's been brewing for a couple of years, so I'd love to see that one go down. Again, obviously in my boxing predictions, I'm going to predict that the best should fight the best. That always that doesn't always happen in boxing, but I would like to see Jermel Charlo fight Jarrett Hurd, and then Jamal, who beat Dervin Ch- Dervinchenko. I would like to see Jamal fight Canelo. Again, though, that doesn't happen in boxing usually, where you get the best fight the best. That rarely happens, so that's just what I would like to see. Uh, Hakeem, uh, from last UFC 253, Hakeem Dawadu, he beat uh, Khabib's boy, Mr. Miss Wait. Can't even think of his name now. Turkanov, something like that. I think uh, Dawadu is ready for some top 15 action. I'd like to see, number one, Dan Gay would be a phenomenal fight. Or Edson Barbosa, if Edson Barbosa gets a win here. In his next one. So either one of those would be great for uh, Dawud. Dominic Reyes. Obviously everyone knows I was very high on Reyes. It was very shocking to me that he lost. Um I had him winning. I thought that what was going to happen was he was just going to be too slick for uh Jan. I thought he was just going to he thought he was going to box his face off for a couple rounds and I thought he'd get the finish. I think I had it in a 4th round. Let's see. Let's go back to my predictions. Mm -hmm. I had a a fourth round TKO for Reyes Obviously he was finished in round two Jan looked phenomenal I think Reyes will get back to the title shot at some point though The light heavyweight division is not complete It's getting better Especially that top six, top seven right now Mainly the top six Is really nice So I do think he gets back to the title shot So number one option for him would be to fight the Santos Glover loser um, because I think the winner is probably going to get the title shot, and then number two, if not that, he fights Rockets versus uh, Yuri Prozaska. Uh, Alexander Rockets versus Yuri Prozaska are fighting. The winner of that could fight Reyes as well. Who I'm super high on both those guys. Uh, for Jan, who again Jan looked like a world beater. He looked phenomenal. He's getting better with age. Uh, he looked great. Obviously, I think the the fight is. Santos-Glover winner, but let's just say one of them gets COVID again or, you know, that fight falls through, he could fight Alexander Rakitic or Yuri Prozaska winner for the title next. That would be the number two option, but the number one option is pretty simple. The winner of Thiago Santos, Glover Te- Teixeira, should fight Jan for the title next. I don't think Jones is going to come back down to light heavyweight like people are saying. I think he's just teasing that to just keep his name in the headlines. Um, I don't see that happening, though. Um... Now getting to the middleweight one, Paul Costa. I told you what was going to happen. Israel Adesanya is too good for everyone in that middleweight division right now, and he's only getting better. In my opinion, he's improving with each fight. I think he's just too good, and I. I and I'm not saying Costa is a bad fighter. I just think there's a huge gap between Izzy and the rest of the middleweight division. Um, for Costa, I think even if, if Whitaker wins or loses against Kenner. Even if he were to win, I don't necessarily want to see him fight Izzy right away. So the number one option for Caso would be to get Whitaker if he wins or loses, I think. Wins or loses, that's a fight to make. Whitaker vs Costa. If that doesn't happen, Darren Till, Jack Hermanson winner could be an option as well. But here's what I think will happen at the end. If Whitaker beats Cannoneer, I think Whitaker will fight... Costa and I think the winner of Till Hermanson will fight for the title because they're going to get want to get a new guy in there. I don't think they're trying to run Costa or Whitaker versus Izzy back right now because of how one side of those fights were. I don't think anybody's cramming for that fight. Now let's say Whitaker beats Near and then fights Costa and beats Costa, then I think you can say, okay, well look, he's bounced back. He beat Till, he beat Near, he beat Costa. You got to give him the title shot then, in my opinion. I don't think you give it to him even if he beats Near. So yeah, either Whitaker or Till Hermanson winner, but again, Till Hermanson winner could be fighting for the for our number one spot at the title if Candier were to lose. So let's get to Izzy, who looked phenomenal. Um, I don't have my rankings out yet. My number one, my pound for pound rankings. I'm going to do the top twenty five. I have Izzy as my number one pound pound fighter in the world. I just think he's untouchable right now. As he said, the dark horse in the division, the guy I think that could be scary for him would be my number one option. If Jared Canniere is able to beat Robert Whitaker, that is the fight to make. Canniere's um, looked real good since coming to middleweight. Obviously, the, against, the dominant win against Jacker Manson was very impressive, and now if he's able to beat the former champ Robert, Wh- Robert Whitaker, he's up. To, he's fighting for the title, no doubt. Number two option: this is a, this is if let's say Canniere loses, and they want to go in a different direction. John Jones. Number two option, John Jones. Why not? Jones does not have anything scheduled at heavyweight. And I don't think Jones is going to have anything scheduled at heavyweight till probably, if he does, If he's waiting for the title, Nganu and Sipi are going to fight in mid to late January. So you're not fighting for the heavyweight title until probably April or May of next year. So why not fight Izzy? I mean... At light heavyweight. There's no there's no way anybody's not buying that fight. That's a huge fight. I would have John Jones my number two pound pound fighter right now. And Izzy's my number one. So let's go. One versus two. Yeah, and I, Jones is not as... He's not much bigger than Izzy, as people think. He has a longer reach. He's one inch taller. He's definitely bigger in the upper body. His legs are... Very, Jones' legs are very, very skinny. And that's great for Izzy because he's going to attack those those leg kicks. I would love to see that fight. You can ask Derek Brunson. People think that Izzy's this skinny, yes, he's a skinnier guy, but people think that he's not very strong. Brunson said when he grabbed a hold of Izzy, he was like, holy shit, this guy's strong. I think so. I would, if I had to put my money on it right now, if you gun to my head right now, I would say I would pick Izzy to beat John Jones. So let's just say utter chaos happens at middleweight. I think there's two options for him to fight at middleweight. can Near if he beats Whitaker. And then if Kanier were to lose, if Till beats Hermanson, I think they'd love to do Till versus Stylebender because I think that's a massive fight. But let's say Kanier loses and Till loses to Hermanson. I, I don't think they're willing to throw Costa and Whitaker right there immediately because it's, you know, I mean, come on. He smoked both those guys easily. I mean, it wasn't hard. The fights were not hard. That was not his toughest fight he's ever had. Either of those guys. Kelvin Gaston was a tough was the toughest fight he ever had. Anderson Silva was a tougher fight than Costa and uh Whitaker. I do I do think that's too is he giving Anderson too much respect, though. But he blew through Costa and Whitaker. So that's what I'd like to see. Uh not a big fight card this weekend. Um you got Carlos Condit back, he's fighting Court McGee Carlos Condit needs this win, I think he's on a 4-5 or five fight losing streak If he wants to stay afloat and keep getting some fights He needs this win I do have him beating Court McGee via first round TKO I think he comes out aggressive And, and fast, I like Condit in this fight uh, Jermaine Durandamy fights Juliana Pena, Pena in the women's Bantamweight division, I got Durandamy via Second round TKO then you got Jorgen DeCastro versus Carlos Felipe in the heavyweight division. I don't know much about Felipe really, so it's tough for me to pick this. I'm gonna go De Castro because he's the favorite and he's got serious power. So I'll go DeCastro. It'll be a f first round knockout. Uh Holly Holm versus I think it's Irene Aldana. Good fight. Aldana looks really she is, she have knocked out she has one punch knockout power. And uh I think she beats Holly Holm. I got Aldana via unanimous decision. I think goes all five rounds. But I think Aldana clearly wins three or four rounds. And she beats Holly Holm. All right, now Conor McGregor, a t- to get into lately. Let's start out with Manny Pacquiao. So the Pacquiao-Conor fight will happen. Not as soon as thought, though. So Conor leaked it that he was going to fight Pacquiao this winter. And... Okay, so Conor's agent manager is the same as Pacquiao's, Adi Attar. so Connor released it saying, we are fighting Manny, I'm fighting Manny Pacquiao this winter in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia was not happy with that, so Connor took down the tweets to not get a lawsuit, um, because it does not sound like that fight's happening until next summer, uh, but Connor Pacquiao is going to happen, that's going to be Pacquiao's next fight, uh, he's even said his next fight will be Conor McGregor, um, Mikey Garcia not very happy, but it's going to be Pacquiao, McGregor probably in either in, if the fans are allowed back. It could be at the New Allegiant Stadium in Vegas in in the summer of 2021, or it's going to be in the Middle East. Um, so yeah, but Conor Pacquiao is happening happening, but not in December. So it's going to Poirier. So Connor was tweeting back at Daniel Cormier. Because Cormier was saying that he thinks Connor's lying, which I mean, you saw the text message, the DMs. I don't think McGregor's lying. I think he's telling the truth. He's asked for multiple, multiple fights. People are like, "Why would you ask for Diego Sanchez?" Well, he said, "I wanted, He wanted to fight Gaethje or Ferguson when they fought. Dana pulled the plug on that because there was no fans. So Connor's like, "Okay, we'll give me Diego for a filler, so I can get some fight, so I can get some fight time in." That didn't go through. Connor waits around. Gaethje wins the title. So they move on from that and go Gaethje-Khabib. When they could have done Gaethje-Connor in July. Dana pulled the plug on that. So, I mean, you know, and then now the Poirier thing. Connor and Poirier set up a charity exhibition match on December 12th. Live on pay-per-view going against the UFC. That night is Usman versus Burns. Dana White furious, of course, that they're trying to go against the UFC. Um... So, Dana now trying to put together Poirier Connor in the UFC. So, we don't know what's really going on, Connor. And then there's the Khabib thing. I don't understand Khabib's side. So, Connor releases the DMs. Did I think that was a, a kind of a douchebag move to release the DMs? Yes. But, this is the thing, though. Dana White's the head man of the UFC, and he's out there saying this guy's turning down fights. Conor's got to do something to prove that he's not. So he proves it with the DMs. Yes, maybe it was a douchebag move, but Dana was lying on his name. This is very hypocritical of Dana to say that you don't do. It's a dirty move when you know the UFC made two hundred and eighty million dollars on pay per view in twenty nineteen. How much do those fighters make off that? How much do the fighters make off that pay per view money? Only the main event. So how much are you paying those guys for the pay per view points? We don't know. Not you're not they're not getting shit compared to what the UFC got on the pay per view. That's for sure. So that's a dirty move right there. In boxing, it's a, it's way you get way more for the pay per view in boxing than you do in the UFC. So again, I think and then Khabib says I'm not fighting Conor now because he released those DMs. That makes no sense. That sounds to me like an that sounds to me like a cop out of you not wanting to rematch Conor. Your coach. At AKA literally says Connor's the toughest matchup for Khabib. That should be they they should rematch, and then so they were going to do the Ultimate Fighter, Connor and Khabib on the Ultimate Fighter. I don't know how they would do that. I think the Ultimate Fighter is a terrible decision. Especially with the history of Khabib, Connor, and both their teams. Like, I think that's a terrible decision to do the ultimate fighter, first off. But then Khabib pulls the plug on the ultimate fighter because Connor released his DMs. That has nothing to do with Khabib, so it makes zero sense to me. <laughs> now, there's obviously friction with the UFC. Connor's trying to go against the UFC on the same night they're hosting a pay-per-view. Guys that have gone against the UFC like this usually don't win, but guys also don't have the star, the fame, and the power that Conor McGregor has that have ever gone against the UFC. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Are they going to do the exhibition match, or are they going to try to fight? Are they going to try to actually fight in the UFC? Now Conor's price has gone up even more though for the UFC. So they usually pay Conor around five million flat with pay per view points, and you know the ticket sales and the merchandise sales. He gets a big portion of that. Now, in my opinion, you're gonna have to pay Conor the 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 purse fee of anywhere from eight to fifteen million dollars because he's like, I can go ahead and make all this myself, put it on pay per view, and it's gonna sell way more than your pay per view, and I'm gonna get to keep all the money. Me and Poirier are gonna get all the money, so you're gonna have to pay Conor a significant more than five million dollar purse to fight now for the UFC, and that's on that is on the UFC and that's on Dana White because. Connor's fun. this is what Connor's finally doing something about it. He's like, I want to fight, so I'm gonna to have to do something about it. I'm gonna have to make I'm gonna have to show that I've wanted to fight, and now I'm gonna make a fight with Poirier or I'm gonna make a fight with Pacquiao. We'll see what happens. Uh it's crazy times between the UFC and Connor, so we don't know, we'll see what happens. Get on to the NFL. Headlines. Ravens pay Marlon Humphrey. Uh ninety eight million dollars over five years. He's now the second highest paid corner in the NFL behind Jalen Ramsey. Uh Steelers Titans game is postponed due to COVID. They will not play Week Four. They were discussing possibly playing on a Tuesday. They will not. Um, the game will be rescheduled at a later date. Texans will not sign Earl Thomas. Should the Cowboys? Well, I mean, you look at the Cowboys' defense. I don't think you can get much worse right now. Especially in the you know in the pass coverage. I don't think you can get much worse. So why not give Earl Thomas a shot? You know, I would I would give him a shot. Um, now I've been asked this question a lot. Who do you like more, Watson or Murray? Um, People have been a lot higher on Watson than I have. And and that's not me saying he's a bad quarterback. I like Kyler Murray personally better than I like Deshaun Watson, though. Um, So, yes, I would go with Kyler Murray. I think think his arm's better. I think he's quicker, more mobile. And not saying Watson's not mobile. He's a lot smaller, of course, but I like Murray going into the future. and, And right now, I like Kyler Murray. I mean, I would put... The five best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, that are playing right now, I would go with, that are playing good too. I'd go Mahomes 1, Wilson 2, Rodgers 3, Murray 4, Lamar 5, be my top five quarterbacks right now. And Lamar, the way he's played against some teams that have – see, when you have a good team like the Chiefs, they're able to they, – you know, they scheme well. Yes, the Chiefs probably don't have the most talented defense, but they play, they play to their – they play their position – and they're a lot better than people thought and they were making they were trying to make Lamar be a, be a passer he had 97 yards passing so know I still have Lamar in my top 5 I don't know if he's I don't know though I mean Dak's playing tremendous this year you know it's tough I would still put him in number 5 though Jared Goff playing tremendous this year but I'd sell the at five. Um, Alright, so let's get into my... So last week I went two and three in the spread. I'm nine and six now. I do not like a lot of the spreads this week. I do pick my top five every week, though. Um, I'm going back to the well. Every week I pick the Cardinals. They're two and one for me so far. They didn't obviously didn't cover last week. lines with the upset. Um, oh, I don't know if I put my power 12 in here. Um I don't think I put my power 12 down. Um, okay, so let's just go back. Okay, so I have the Cardinals at minus 3 over the Panthers. I have the Bears at plus 3.5 versus the Colts. I have the Cowboys at minus 4.5 versus the Browns. The Bengals at minus 2.5 versus the Jaguars. And the Texans at minus 4.5 versus the Vikings, 2 and 3 teams. But those are my spreads of the week. I really only like one of them, maybe two. I really like the Cardinals against the Panthers, only minus three. I like that. And I really, I kind of do like the Bears. I think Nick Foles, they're going to be good with Foles. I think he's a better quarterback than Trubisky. not saying Foles is elite, but I think he's better than Trubisky. They have a good defense. So I like the Bears to be able to cover three and a half. I think I have the Bears winning this week, actually. So game predictions, last week went 10-5-1. That's, a, that's average. Um, obviously, there's a tie. Obviously, I didn't predict that. Uh, tough game tonight. Thursday Night Football is about to start in 15 minutes. Broncos, Jets, I don't know. They're both so bad. Broncos, they're screwed by injuries. They they could have had a really good year. Injuries screwed them. Jets, just a very bad football team. I'm going to go with the Broncos, figuring out a way to get a win here. 19-16 over the Jets. I really don't know, though. Just a toss-up game. I wish I didn't have to predict this game. Um, Sunday early games, I like the Cardinals over the Panthers, 31-20. I like the Cowboys over the Browns, 31-24. Bengals over Jaguars, 27-23. I do have the Lions getting two straight upsets, beating the Saints, 27-24. I got the Texans beating the Vikings, 34-27. Seattle beating the Dolphins, 38-30. If you're a fantasy owner, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, those are not bad plays in fantasy. The Seahawks are horrible against the pass. I mean, absolutely terrible. Um, uh, Buccaneers over the Chargers 27-13, Ravens over Washington 35-20, and Bears over Colts 24-20. Sunday late games, I got the Rams over the Giants 31-14, Chiefs over the Patriots 34-26, Bills over the Raiders 34-24, and 49ers over the Eagles 20-17. to I don't like that spread, though, giving Nick, Nick Mullins, you're probably your quarterback at Seven though, I like the Eagles to be able to cover that. That might have, I could have, I thought about putting that in, but the Eagles have played so bad, I really don't know. And Monday Night Football, I got the Packers beat the Falcons 35-24. Okay, so real quick, let's look. Last week, my Power Twelve, I had Chiefs, Ravens, Seahawks, Cardinals, Packers, Steelers, Patriots, Saints, Buccaneers, Bills, Rams. Okay, so I'm keeping the Chiefs at one and the Ravens at two. I'm going, I'm actually jumping Green Bay all the way up to three, Seattle at four, Pittsburgh at five. I'm going to move New England to to six, Arizona down to seven, Buffalo, no, Tampa at eight, Buffalo at nine, Rams at ten, hmm, hold on. We're to get on the laptop a little bit. Okay. Um. Ooh, it's a tough call right now between these couple of teams. I do still like the Cowboys. I'm going to have to put them outside, though, I think. I'm going to go, even though the Niners are banged up, I'm going to go Niners- no, I'm going to go Bears at 11. And then I'm going to go Niners at not Niners at 12. So there's the top 10. You're going you're getting so we added the Bears and the Niners. So you're getting KC, Baltimore, Green Bay, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Arizona, New England, Tampa, Buffalo, Rams. Bears Niners are my top twelve this week. I didn't put it down here accidentally, but that would be my top twelve of the week. So bleach so yeah, so right now I'm 33, 14 and 1 in NFL predictions so far. I'll have to look up, I'll have to get back and go deeper into the archives and find out what I was total last year. I can't remember. I was pretty good last year. Um spreads we were under five hundred, so hopefully we can be better. Well, if we can go over five. That's my goal is just go over 500 in the spread which We're nine and six right now, so it's not a bad start. Uh, headlines from around the globe. Um, so Amazon has come out and said that 19. 19, work U.S. workers have tested positive for COVID. Uh, not a good look there. Um, Herschel Walker has clapped back at Biden's Antifa as an idea comment. Walker said he has never seen the Proud Boys break any windows. Assault police officers or kill anyone. Herschel Walker, obviously a big, him and Trump have been really good friends for you know almost forty years. Uh, the debate, <laughs> was a wild one. And it was a, it was kind of a shit show. I really don't think. The only reason I'll, I'll give it to anyone is because, I thought Trump was pretty good for having having to face, Joe Biden, and, lunatic Chris Wallace two on one basically in the debate. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens October. I think it's October 15th is the next one. So hopefully it's a little cleaner. In my, I would like to see it a little cleaner. Um, my hometown high school, the Hesham are 4-0 for the first time since 2009. Um, Coach Mike Vernon got them boys playing really well. Uh, that offense is clicking uh, 54 points last week against uh, Newton, and then they upset the number, I think it was the number three or number three, four, five team in the state um in their division at 5a may south beat them by one point and it's derby week so big game there i don't derby gets out of quarantine on thursday they had to be quarantined because of covid they are still going to play hutch high this week in derby so that'll be that'll be a game to see i think derby comes in three and one only lost to mill valley who's probably one, one or two top teams in 5a um nba headlines Minnesota is scared of drafting number one after trading up for Culver last year, so that means they're telling me that they think Culver's already a bust after one season. Like, chill out. You just drafted him. Calm down. Um, If the Wolves can't trade down or don't get any value for trading down, they will probably take LaMelo ball number one, though, because they feel like they'll they'll play D'Angelo Russell at the two and LaMelo at the point guard. Uh, obviously, everyone knows Clippard fired Doc. And now, I said I had it down 76ers. We'll choose between Doc and D'Antoni. But breaking news today, Doc Rivers is the new coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, good for Doc. Uh, I'm not high on Doc. I think he's one of the more overrated coaches. So, we'll see. I think, I mean, we'll see what happens in Philly. He's in he's an easier conference for sure now. Philly does have a lot of talent. They need to move around some pieces, though, and get better shooting around Simmons instead of playing so big. The Al Horford signing still makes zero sense to me. Why would you not spend that money? Why would you not spend $30 million on two shoot? You could have got two really good shooters for $30 million instead of getting a guy that clogs up the paint. Uh, Ty Lue, I guess, is the favorite to land the Clippers job. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think Doc's an overrated coach, but I think Lou's even more overrated. I think Doc's a much better coach than Ty Lue. Tyloo was carried by LeBron. I mean, Tyloo was, you know, come on. Tyloo's career is made because of LeBron. Let's just be honest. And they even said that the head assistant at the time, uh, I can't think of his name right now, was the one that made the game plan switch against Golden State in 2016. Defensively, not Tyloo. Um, so I don't understand it. Uh, but uh, that's that's on them. Whatever the Clippers want to do, and it's a make or break year, though, in my opinion, because the Clippers dude this is this is the crazy thing the lakers are going to win the title this year easily because they're by far the best team in basketball and then they'll they'll be the best team in basketball going into next year i don't even think the clippers will be the number two best team in basketball which i'll wait till after the year and after everything goes in the offseason to get my rankings of course but i think the brooklyn nets will be the second best team in the nba as long as Kyrie and katie are healthy going into next year um it's make or break though because if they fall apart again and we're able to don't re, it, it's not even about reaching the finals. If they don't win the NBA Finals, I think Kawhi and PG walk and the experiment was a disaster. Traded seven draft picks for Paul George and I don't think it's going to work out. I don't see them winning the NBA title next year. They can't make any moves. People think oh well, they, well, they could trade for you know like Giannis or Brad Beal. No they can't. They don't have picks. They they can't trade any value. What they have one really good young guy and Landry Shammett. No, they don't have picks to trade. the The uh, thing about the Lakers, they have picks to trade. Still, they still have four or five draft picks they can use to switch, to flip, to get Bradley Beal or get a guy. They didn't give up seven like they did for Anthony Davis, like the Clippers did for Paul George. Anthony Davis a way better player than Paul George, much better, not even close. So it's make or break season for the Clippers. All the pressures next year is on the Los Angeles Clippers. If they do not win the NBA title, their experiment is a disaster, and I think Kawhi and Paul George walk. Because I think you'll probably see Kawhi try to team up with Giannis in the offseason of 2021 if they're not able to win. And you know what? Maybe Ka- the only. Actually, I changed my mind. Maybe Kawhi does stay because gonna- he'll try to bring Giannis, though, and they'll let Paul George leave. Or you could lose both guys. It's very possible. Um, so we'll see where D'Antoni, uh ends up now. So what you got? The Pacers' job is open. The Pelicans' job is open. Obviously, he's not going to go to the Rockets. Well, the Clippers' job is open. I don't see him going there though. Um, I think Indiana maybe makes the most sense. I don't think the Pelicans does. I think it's just he's not he's not going to go to a team. He he'll sit out a year before he goes to a team like the Pelicans that needs to develop. He's going to want to go to a team that's set up now. If the Pacers are keeping Oladipo and they're trying to run it back next year, I could see him going there because I do think they are still a contender when healthy. Uh, I don't think Victor Oladipo is fully healthy this bubble. So I think they're going to be even better. Ne- they'll be better next year. Um, and they bring, they'll bring back their entire starting five. Uh, Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, and, and Turner. That's a great starting five. And as long as Oladipo is healthy, I think they can beat teams. Um But you could also see him sitting out because, you know, jobs come open. Big-time jobs come open by teams that aren't doing, you know, that aren't up to expectations. So, we'll see what happens there. Uh, And now the Clippers players are questioning Montrezl Harrell's defensive effort uh, during the bubble and question if he's worth big money. I question it, too. I would not pay Montrezl Harrell $25 million for the sake of it. I mean, my God. I, they're going to have to, though, because, again, they don't have cap and they don't have trade. They don't have anything to trade. They have to bring back this entire team and run it back. They're probably going to lose Reggie Jackson, which, whatever, but you got to bring back Marcus Morse and you got to bring back Montrezl Hill and run it back next year. You have to. You can't lose Montrezl Hill because then you're restricted to bringing in a big guy that's under the mid-level exception of nine, I think it's nine and a half, ten million dollars. So... That's that's a veteran. You're gonna get a you're gonna bring in a veteran. You know, if Mark Gasol stays in the NBA, that's like a Mark Gasol range type guy. Well, I would rather Montrezl than Mark Gasol. My goodness, um, but so you're gonna to have to pay him, and I would only give him a year. though. I'd give him maybe a two year deal at most. But in order to keep him, they might have to give him four, four or five. Uh, Kyrie says Nets don't really need a head coach. Well, a month after they hired Steve Nash, this guy's such a head case. And then he said he's never played with a guy like KD in his career. No, You know, know, Kyrie says that. Kyrie's such a head case. I like Kyrie. I love watching Kyrie play. The man is a goddamn head case. Yeah, I'd rather play with Kyrie than Russell Westbrook, but goddamn, they're not far off for KD. You're playing with a head case. An absolute head case. World's flat guy. Come on, you went to Duke. The world ain't flat, Kyrie, and you're a head case. Uh, NBA Finals, obviously my prediction was Lakers in five. I really wanted to say four. I did not think game one was going to go like that. Uh, the Heat are just outmatched, outmanned. You know, you only play seven guys, and they try to go into the rotation with Derrick Jones Jr., Solomon Hill, a little bit of Kelly Olynyk a little too late, Kendrick Nunn late. But now, Dragic and Bam are probably not going to play game two, so that means you're going to have to start Kelly Olenek. And you're probably going to have to either start Tyler Hero at point guard or you're starting Kendrick Nunn. So, yeah, the Heat are definitely They're not winning game two. I would still like to think they'd get a game in this series, but Dragic is most. Drajic, their rumor is Drajic would probably only come back if it reaches game six or seven. I don't see that. Bam is probably going to be. He might even play game two, but most likely not. He'll be back game three. Game three is the one they got to win. They're not winning Game 2 with no BAM or Drogic. You get BAM back in Game 3, that has to be the game you have to win. Because if you go down 3-0, Lakers are going to stomp on the neck, and they're going to the, cut the cord, and it's over in Game 4. They're going to come out and play out of the water. Um, heat are in serious trouble. Okay. Uh, so I did top three landing spots for unrestricted free agents and I, for some top unrestricted free agents, and I included a couple guys of player options. So we'll start with white Whiteside. There are three really big contenders going into next year that need a rim protector. I put number one is the Boston Celtics. I think that would be a great place for Hassan to go. He has no role. He, all he His only role is to rebound and block shots. All they need him to do, they have scoring. Another option, a team where he's just got to come in, rebound, block shots, catch lobs. On all these teams, all he has to do. The Dallas Mavericks. They're could use. they bad at defense, and they could use a rim protector. They, you, you saw it. They could use a rim protector in that Clippers series. And then the Denver Nuggets. Also, I think the thing that that's their weakness. Jokic is not a rim protector. You need a rim protector. Not saying Whiteside. The only thing, Whiteside might not start on Denver, but you're gonna later in the game you're going to have to play Jokic at the 4 and Whiteside at the 5 because he's, he can block shots. Jokic just can't protect the rim, so you need a shot blocker. Fred Van Fleet. Um, I would love to see him stay in Toronto, but I th- here's what's going to happen. I think, I think Dragic is probably going to leave. I would love to see Fred Van Fleet go to the Miami Heat. and on a, I think a lot of these guys are going to be signed to one-year deals because teams are going to be ready. They're going to be gearing up for that offseason the following season when you got Giannis, Kawhi, PG, and a bunch of other guys. LeBron, um, which I don't think LeBron leaves, but still. Um, Fred Van Fleet, on a one-year deal in Miami, I think would be a tremendous signing for the Heat. They bring back their team. Maybe also get a rim protector. They could not whiteside because I don't think he's going back there, but there's some other guys that you could sign for the low and get a rim protector. I think they need a rim protector. Bam is a good defensive guy, but when he has to play against Anthony Davis sometimes when 80s at the five or they go even smaller with Markeith Morris at the five, Bam is drawn away from the basket. And then when he comes in, he's not a shot blocker because LeBron's throwing out to a wide open shooter. So, it's, you know, so a shot blocker for them as well. But Fred Van Fleet would be phenomenal for Miami. I have Toronto as the second option. Um, he's, you know, that's his place. He's familiar with Toronto. Why not stay there? The third option, people are going to say, why? New York Knicks. Because I think, so, I think Miami would sign him to like a one year. Twenty-five million dollar deal, thirty million. Toronto, I think, is going to ask him to take a hometown discount over four years. The New York Knicks could possibly offer him the longest and biggest contract of a four-year, a hundred to one hundred and fifteen million dollar deal. So that is a contract to sign because you're secure for the next four years of a hundred to one hundred and fifteen million. Because what if you go to Miami? And you struggle for that one season. Yeah, you made the twenty five million that one season, but now your value's down. What if you struggle? I think Toronto's gonna really hope that Van Fleet signs in the eighteen to twenty million dollar range instead of the twenty five to thirty million dollar range that the Knicks could offer. Daniil Gallinari, gonna be very sought after. Number one, the Brooklyn Nets. I don't like play, I don't like seeing KD play the power forward. They need they need a power forward. You got Kyrie, Levert. KD and then you got DJ or Jared Allen as your center and you got Dim Woody off the bench, Jared Allen, DJ off the bench, Danilo Gallinari is your power forward completes the starting lineup. I'd love that signing for the Nets. The Houston Rockets, obviously the small ball. Will they run that next year? If they do, Gallinari can be your stretch five. You know, if you want to run the small ball again, Gallinari can play the five as the stretch, and he's big enough to hold his own, big enough and strong enough to hold his own against fives. Uh, another team, the Phoenix Suns, will be a great signing for them as well. Oh, I think they need a four. So that would be great for the Suns. Uh, Goran Dragic. I don't really have a leader here. I just put three teams: Lakers, Mavs, Heat. Go back to the Heat because you're familiar. Lakers, you know they could use some. They could use a. They could use a veteran point guard again. Even if let's say Rondo leaves, or even if you bring back Rondo, Dragic can play alongside Rondo because he can shoot it. He doesn't need to have the ball at all times, so he can play the two at times. Um, and then also the Dallas Mavericks. Him and Luca are great friends. Um, if he's in the game, he can take the pressure off of Luca, um, have to, having to have the ball the entire time. Um, Jordan Clarkson, Utah Jazz, just familiar. Uh, Philadelphia and Houston, just two teams that need shooting and want, or Philly needs shooting. Houston wants shooting. Philly especially would be a great great signing. Demar Derozan playoffs. So for Demar Derozan and Gordon Gordon Hayward, I think all these all these would be one year deals. Because I don't think teams see this as a long-term fit, but you could have them in for one year. The New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, or the Brooklyn Nets for DeRozan. And then for uh, Hayward, Dallas would make a ton of sense because he could play the three. Lucas is basically the one. Uh, the Knicks or the Rockets. All on one-year deals, though. So let's get into my favorites. Top five favorite uh, football clubs. So uh, I have my four favorites secure. I want to... Last year I was looking around. I wanted to add a fifteen that I like, and I wanted to kind of do a I wanted to kind of root for a lower club, and I watched, I watched Leeds play in the English Championship a lot last year. So Leeds United fifth favorite, Dortmund fourth, Juventus third, Chelsea two because of Pulisic, and then obviously I love Liverpool. They're my number one. My top ten favorite current football players. Number ten, Jamez Rodriguez. Loved him ever since the two thousand fourteen World Cup. Uh Kai Havertz, who's now at Chelsea, midfielder, love him. Uh had to put Messi on the list. I just love watching Messi play, and I don't think how can you hate Messi? Seven, Trent Alexander Arnold, right back. Uh for the uh for Liverpool. Uh six, Jaden Sancho. Love that guy, Dortmund. Uh Gio Rania, USA guy. He's now for Dortmund, getting a lot of playing time, starting quite a bit. Uh he's one of the better USA players coming up. He's my second favorite USA player. Uh four, Vir- Virgil van Dyke. Obviously, I think the best defender in the world. Number three, Mo Salah, favorite player for Liverpool. Two, Christian Pulisic, and still number one is Cristiano Ronaldo. I uh, love CR7. He's always my favorite. So, uh, Top five favorite NFL teams. Uh, number five, put Cleveland. I like Baker a lot, so I root for Cleveland because I really do love Baker. Um, he did not make my top ten favorite current NFL players, though. I do love Baker, though. He'd probably be my third or fourth favorite quarterback in the NFL. Uh four, the Denver Broncos, always rooted for them because my mom's from Denver. That's her favorite team. So I've always rooted for Denver. Uh Arizona is number three. I obviously lived there for a year and a half, two years, and I loved I love I love Kyler Murray, special player. Two, the Chiefs, people get chill. My entire family outside my mom, my outside my mom, my dad, my brother and sister are all Chiefs fans, so I've rooted for the Chiefs for a long time. And Mahomes was I love Mahomes. Obviously number one the Dallas Cowboys. Not get into the Cowboys right now though. Uh top ten current Top 10 current favorite NFL players. At number 10, Jeff Okuda, the corner out of Ohio State. A lot of young guys early. Really a lot of young guys overall. Number 9, Chase Young, the DN for Washington. 8, C.D. Lamb, Cowboys wide receiver. 7, Adam Thielen, the Vikings wide receiver. Uh, 6, Josh Josh Jacobs. 5, Mike Evans. 4, Nick Bosa. 3, Ezekiel Elliott. 2, Kyler Murray. And 1, Patrick Mahomes. Top 5 current favorite NBA teams. So number five is Dallas I root for them just because I love Luca so much um it's not like I'd root for them over like a LeBron team or the Cavs or something like that but I do love Luca so I, I put Dallas in there for the Phoenix Suns move there Devin Booker's one of my favorite players so I put Phoenix in there three Detroit Detroit was technically possibly Detroit and Cleveland I liked them equally when I was younger I loved the you know the starting lineup for Detroit Billups Hamilton Prince Wallace Wallace Ben Wallace Rasheed Wallace Love those guys. Still root for Detroit. Obviously rough right now. Cleveland, too. Obviously, know the Cavs have troubles when they don't have LeBron. So. And more than the Lakers right now, obviously, because LeBron's there. And I'll still always root for the Lakers. Lakers are probably still my favorite team forever after LeBron leaves because it's probably his last team. So I'll still root for the Lakers after LeBron leaves. Um, so top ten current favorite NBA players. Number ten, Carmelo Anthony. I've loved Melo forever. I don't accept any Melo slander. Uh, nine, Chris Paul. Again, guy I've liked for a long time. Eight, Trey Young. Number seven, still Lonzo Ball. Uh, not jumping off the train yet. Uh, LaMelo will probably enter this list once he's drafted. Don't Didn't put him in there now because he's not a current NBA player. Six, Anthony Davis. Five, Devontae Graham went to KU. It's my favorite KU player ever, so Devonte is definitely in there. Number four, Kevin Love. That is my favorite. Even though I don't think he's the best teammate LeBron's ever had, that is my favorite teammate of LeBron's ever. Number three, Luka Doncic. Number two, Devin Booker. And obviously, number one, LeBron James. So, obviously, you can't do teams for combat sports. So, I did my top ten favorite current combat sport athletes. Number ten, I really... Number nine, I'm pretty diehard for those guys. Ten, I threw in Izzy because I just love watching Izzy fight. I did not include Anderson Silva on this list. I should, I could have, but I didn't because I know it's his last fight coming up. So, I just did guys that I know are going to be fighting. But Anderson, if... Izzy would be bumped out. Anderson would go all the way to four if I put him in there. Um, nine, Johnny Walker. He's you know, my favorite light heavyweight. I love watching Johnny fight. Eight, Cody Garbrandt. Um, seven, Sean O'Malley. Uh, six and five, kind of weird. They were going to fight each other. Stipe Miochik and Francis Ngannou, they're going to fight for the title. Six is Stipe, five Ngannou. Four is Darren Till. Three is Colby Covington. That's my guy. Two, Tyson Fury, and obviously one, Conor McGregor. Um, Like I said, we didn't do college i didn't do college basketball or anything because they move around so fast my that was my favorite college basketball team ku and my two favorite k is my favorite football team as well as with along with Texas um so yeah um nba finals uh game two is tomorrow bam and drogic drogic definitely out it sounds like bam most likely out I expect the I expect I expect the Heat to put up a fight early, but I think they're going to get tired late. I like the Lakers by fifteen. Um, I'll go like one eleven ninety six, one eleven ninety five Lakers. Uh, I think they'll just though, like I said, I think the Heat will do a lot better. They'll fight for those first two quarters, but I, the Lakers will build a gap halfway through the third, and it'll stay that way throughout the fourth. So yeah, um, I picked the Lakers in five. I don't know if Miami's going to get a game though. I really could. I really am favoring a sweep now. But I'm gonna stick with five because that was my prediction from the get go. They're not gonna get game two, so really the only game I think they can get is game three, hoping that everyone's healthy. But draw. like I said, it doesn't sound like Drajic is gonna play unless this goes six or seven, and I see no chance of the series going six or seven. Oh yeah, I don't want to talk about. So obviously, already people are downplaying this title for LeBron, like usual. You know the Jordan Dick Riders. They're gonna they're gonna downplay this title for LeBron. Oh my, he's in the bubble, you know. And the whole thing about the bubble thing is, oh, you didn't have to travel. Well. It wasn't, you know, does everyone know that it wasn't just the Lakers that didn't have to travel here in Orlando this bubble? No team traveled. It wasn't just like the Lakers didn't have to travel, and, like, it wasn't like the Miami Heat played last night and they have to go to Miami. I mean, even if that was a drive. Okay, let's just say that when the Lakers played played Portland, it's not like the Lakers played Portland. They stayed in Orlando and Portland flew home to Portland and then a day later flew back to Orlando. That's not what happened. I just wanted to clarify just so everyone knows that did not happen. Okay, so, okay. I just want to make sure everyone knew that the Lakers are not the only team staying in the bubble. All the teams that have been in the playoffs are in the bubble, stayed in the bubble. Uh, It's like they flew home, okay? People are just so idiotic. It's just crazy. And now they're like, the excuse was, oh, you know, Jordan never had to go to a game seven. Now it's like, oh, Jordan never had one easy to where he could sweep. So you you just want LeBron to forfeit a game on purpose so he can win it in five or six like Jordan did every time? I'm sorry that Jordan never had to play the Warriors dynasty. I'm sorry that Jordan never had to play the Spurs dynasty. Like, come on. Give up the argument. You lose some. Yeah, you have the six rings. That is the argument to hold on to. But to say because LeBron went to game sevens to win it, or or he swept a team so it was too easy, didn't go to five or six to win it like Jordan did, that is the most idiotic argument anyone has ever brought up. It's so idiotic. It's just crazy to me. People are so, so hung on to the 90s with Jordan. And just, it's insane. Oh, man, it was was just too easy for him this year. You know, Jordan never had one this easy. Or when he beat the Spurs and he beat the Warriors in seven. Oh, Jordan never had to go to a game seven. (laughs) It doesn't say... On the trophy, so everyone knows it doesn't say when when if the Lakers sweep the Heat, it doesn't say on the trophy NBA Finals. But it was too easy because they swept them. That's not what it says. It says NBA Finals champion, the Los Angeles Lakers. That's what that's what they get. That's what it says. (laughs) I mean, come on, guys. That argument is utterly ridiculous. To even say that aloud is insane to me. Like, how would you? How can you say that aloud and be like? Oh, yeah, that's a good argument. Insane. Absolutely insane. I, I don't understand it. My fantasy, i uh, will get to a little fantasy talk. My fantasy team are not looking good. Two leagues I'm in for money, both 0-3 in both leagues so far. Not a good start. You know what? Six out of the eight teams make the playoffs, though. I have some good matchups this week. Should look better. We'll see what happens, though. They've disappointed me. My fantasy team has disappointed me all year. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully the Cowboys can get the win over the Browns, get two and two, and hopefully you know Washington should lose to the Ravens, the Giants should lose to the Rams. Who knows about Philly, but who cares? Cowboys win, those teams lose. They're leading the division. That's all I care about: win the division, get in the playoffs. When you're in there, you have a chance. Uh, Chiefs, obviously they play the uh, play the play Bill Belichick and the the Patriots. I think it's in Kansas City. Is it in Kansas City? I mean I can really choose to have minimal fans, but still. Um It is in Kansas City. I like Cam though. I think it's gonna be kind of similar to how they guarded Lam- how they defended Lamar. Belichick's a little smarter though, so I think they'll figure out a way to keep the game a little closer. But I like choose by eight. I think the spread's at six and a half. If it's higher than six and a half, if it's like seven and a half though, eight and a half, that's not a bad go on the Patriots. Shouldn't be much higher. Patriots are a good team, really good football team. Um, it should be, could be three zero. They're one yard away from being three zero. Just to be honest. Um, yeah, but hey, hop off the hole. Oh, he's one and seven and four. So it's too. It was too hard for him or too easy. Come on, that is a joke of an argument. Uh, three more to go for the Lakers, though. Three more when they get the trophy. It's just for Kobe. No matter how they get it, I don't care how anybody spends it. We know. Lakers fans know. Lebron fans know. This is for Kobe. And this title means everything to the Lakers, and it means everything to LeBron to get it for him. Obviously, everyone wished he could be here to see it. So, it's pretty, that's what it says. Should say the NBA Finals champions. This is for Kobe. That's what it should say. It shouldn't say oh, it was a sweep, so it's too easy. You know, come on. All right, guys, be back next week. Thanks.